Thank you so much. Yeah, it is, it is fantastic. I am really, really excited because um, as Mel shared and as Simon shared, I've got nothing new today, but I really believe God is, um, is stirring us up in an awesome way, in an exciting way, in a way that, uh, that inspires us to, to respond in obedience, not because of duty, but because it's so exciting to be part of what God's doing. And that we're coming to the end of the series on, on the book, uh, Letters to the Church. Uh, and you might go, hang on, isn't there another chapter after this week? There is, but as Francis shared in the book, he wrote that chapter because of how many people asked him for what he does in his church. The heart of the whole book is not for us to copy Francis. The heart of the whole book is to go, God, how do you want me to live? How do you want your church to live? How do you want us as a group of people that love you and serve you to be where you want us to be, doing what you want us to do? And so the, the last chapter, feel free to read it. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but Francis says, don't copy me. Copy Jesus. Follow God. Um, and, uh, and so this is the last week that we're going to share together. And the title of the chapter this week is Unleashed. And if you haven't already got the vibe, I don't know where there's been people who've been reading the book, but I believe they're listening to the Holy Spirit too. There's this sense that as a church, as a group of people, there's an opportunity for us to cut the leash off, to, to become more in tune with what it is that God wants us to do, unlimited, unencumbered, unrestricted by the worldly things we put in the way. And for me, that's really exciting. There's so many things that we restrict ourselves with that God doesn't put in the way. And I only really have one point this morning. And that is, sometimes we bench ourselves. If you think about a sporting analogy of a game of basketball where, where there's, some players are on the bench and some are on the court. And sometimes we choose to bench ourselves. But in God's kingdom, there is nobody on the bench. There is nobody on the bench. I saw yesterday a group of astronauts being interviewed. It was a press conference. There were three of them. I think they've arrived at the space station sometime overnight this morning. They jumped on a Russian rocket and flew into space and are now at the International Space Station this morning. But they were being interviewed yesterday morning. The strange thing was there were six people sitting up the front. And they were behind a glass wall because they were in quarantine. They didn't want any germs from the um, press not that the press are more germy than anyone else, but, that, but there were six up there and only three were flying. And it was fascinating because all the questions were directed to three of them. And there were three people sitting there in silence, doing nothing for the whole press conference. And then at the end of it, they all got up and left. And I thought, wow, poor guys. There's three people sitting there on standby because if the three astronauts, something goes wrong with the three astronauts designed to get on the plane, a rocket, there's three on standby waiting, in quarantine, just like the others, as if they're going into space, but they're not. And I thought, wow, what a gig. Now, it does turn out they're the three that are earmarked for the next launch. The plan is for them to go. But in the circumstance yesterday, they're sitting there politely pretending like they're going to space, and they're going nowhere. In quarantine, as if they're going to get on the rocket, and yet, they're sitting there. I was like, wow. Sometimes I think church is like that. Sometimes we can bench ourselves like that and put ourselves in a position where we're sitting there wondering 
maybe one day I'll get to launch on the rocket. And that's something we've created. God hasn't. Jesus says to his disciples in Matthew, he, um, he drags them out. He's, uh, he's out in, in the fields and there's crowds of people around and he, he withdraws up the mountain and his disciples gather around him and he shares the Beatitudes with them. And after that, in Matthew 5, starting at verse 14, he says, You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. He's not talking to an individual. He's talking to all his followers. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You are the light of the world. Not you will one day be. Not sit on the bench and wait until you get tapped on the shoulder. But you already are the light of the world. We bench ourselves for so many different reasons. And everyone's a little bit different. But I think some people bench themselves because they're waiting for that invitation. They're waiting for that tap on the shoulder. Waiting for somebody to notice them. To notice that they're worthy, that they're credible, that that they are the real deal. You don't need to wait. Day one, you got invited. You see, the journey Jesus calls us to is not one of like a university where you study for three years, you go to Bible college, you do the yards, and then at the end, you get the badge. The journey Jesus invites us into is an apprenticeship. It's an apprenticeship that continues your whole life, always dependent on him, but always released to have a go. There is no day that you are benched. You are always invited to journey in this apprenticeship. And you get to pick up the tools on day one. Now you might think, well, hang on a minute. I know the journey of Paul. Now Paul spent a lot of time persecuting the church. And then he had this amazing revelation and experience of Jesus. And then he went away for three years and Jesus taught him. So maybe he's a better model for us to follow. You're actually misunderstanding Paul if you think that. Because in Acts, we hear what Paul actually did. Acts 9, he had that amazing experience. He headed into the, the town of Damascus and uh, Ananias prayed for him and he was healed from the blindness that he had. So this is after the amazing transformation that he'd received, right? Completely unqualified. He just moved from persecuting the church to recognizing that Jesus that he was persecuting is actually the Savior. So this is at the start. For some days, he was with the disciples. For some days, he was with the disciples at Damascus. And immediately, he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue, saying he is the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed and said, is this not the man? who made havoc in Jerusalem of those who called upon this name? And has he not come here for, for this purpose, to bring them bound before the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. This is like from day one. Where was his apprenticeship? Where was his training and qualification? 
he had the revelation of truth. And the beautiful thing is, there's that little phrase where it says, but Saul increased all the more in strength. He increased all the more in strength. How did he increase all the more in strength? On his apprenticeship, of course. How else would you increase in strength? We sit here on the bench go, God, give me the strength to do something. God, give me, give me the strength to go out and share your news. And when I have the strength, I'll go out and do it. God, give me the strength to serve, to sacrifice, to love, to do community well. And I'll sit here and I'll wait until you tell me, until I've got what it takes. And Jesus says, no, now is the time. Now is the opportunity. You do not need any qualification to start. You can start today if you follow me. It's really exciting because it's on-the-job training. He provides the tools. He provides the direction. And when we get confused, we have some really good questions to ask. Until you have a go, you don't know what questions to ask. You can ask random questions theoretically, but when you're on the job, you get to ask some awesome questions. Because, you know, and that's what Jesus' disciples did. They came back to him and said, hey, wow, we've been out and we've been healing things and we've been praying and we've been preaching the gospel. It's amazing. But we really struggled in this area. What do we do about this? And all of a sudden, you're in a space that's mobilized. So what are some of the barriers? I've already mentioned one. People are waiting for an invitation. Please hear me. You are invited. You are invited. Not just the person next to you. You are invited. That is not a barrier God is putting in the way. Are you qualified? No. But you don't need to be qualified because the Holy Spirit is your qualification. Don't know what the Holy Spirit is? Ask for the Holy Spirit to receive the Holy Spirit. I'm more than happy to pray for you after the service because God gives the Holy Spirit as a deposit, as a badge of your eternity, as a deposit of what he's been doing and what he continues to do and your apprenticeship starts with a qualification you didn't deserve and he carries it through to completion in, as only he can so are you qualified no but that's okay because in your weakness he is strong he provides for you from day one are you waiting for for leaders actually before i go there are you afraid? That's a big one. I reckon a lot of us are afraid. Do you fear what people might think of you? Do you fear how you will be received when you behave in a Christ-like way? We talked last week about being crucified with Christ. And yes, there's people that hated Jesus. And yes, there will be people that hate you because you're a Jesus follower. But Jesus speaks very clearly into that space. Do not be afraid. Do not fear. Yes, there will be adversity. Yes, there will be challenges. But I have overcome the world. I am victorious. You don't have to be afraid of what people will think. Because when it comes to the end, Jesus will be glorified. It's not a barrier. It's not, it's not something we need to carry to bench ourselves with because of our fear. Do not be afraid. For I am with you. I will guide you, I will equip you, I will enable you. But you can't sit on the bench and experience that. You have to step out and experience that. And I know there's people in this room that have experienced that this week. 
we can actually uh, open up an opportunity just to share testimonies of what God's been doing this week, just like what Catherine did, because I know there are people that can testify to what stepping out looks like and experiencing God's goodness. It's real. It is very tangible, and he meets you in that place. One thing that is very relevant is we bench ourselves waiting for leaders to form a team. It's very honoring, and in some ways it's right. Corporately, it's right. Individually, there's nothing to wait for. But corporately moving as a body, yes, we want to do that in unity. I'm convinced there's people in this room, and and Simon prayed this before, there's leaders with titles and there's leaders without titles. And what that means is when God births in you a gift, a passion, a desire, you don't need a title to step through that, to walk that out. When God gives you that, you don't need man to affirm it. You've got it. And what I want to acknowledge is that in this room, there are people that everything I'm saying now go, yes, that's awesome. I'm already there. I want to pioneer what it means to be light in this community. I'm happy to be a model, a a demonstration, an example. I want to push forward in this way because I believe God's called me to do that. In fact, I believe he's called all of us to do that, but I'm happy to put my neck on the line and pioneer that. And if that's you, I'd really like you to speak to Nathan after the service because that is our heart as a church. Leaders are to train and equip. And if there's people here who are ready to go, we're not sitting around waiting for us all to get on the same page because this is what God is saying. He's saying, get up and move. And so those who are ready to get up and move, let's do that. Those who are anxious or nervous or not quite there yet, that's okay. We're not going to leave you behind, but we're also not going to sit here on the bench waiting until everyone's ready to go on the court. It's time to get on the court. It's time to move and be mobilized as a body corporately and individually. And we want to do that well. If that's you, if that's where you're at, if you're waiting for leadership drive, you're invited. Go chat to Nathan. What is your barrier to getting off the bench? What keeps you stuck on the bench? Because it's not God. What I want to do now is actually invite people to share testimony. Now, this isn't a comparison. This is an example of what God is doing. This is an example of what God is stirring and enabling. And the aim of it is not to tell you how amazing that person is, but amazing how God is, how he uses anyone, because he does. There's some aspects to the story that Catherine didn't share about last Sunday, and it was fantastic to see so many people respond to exactly what God was sharing and and birthing in their hearts. But I'd said to Catherine that they weren't allowed to go into the shop unless they were prepared to pray for the people in the shop. And we went up to the the guy at the counter to buy a couple of things. I said to them, is there anything you want prayer for? And his name was Daniel, and he was like, oh, no, I'm all good, thanks. But my mum, go speak to my mum. I thought, you know, nice uh, handball there. And mum was just across the other side at the front doing some amazing stuff with someone's hair that only African ladies can do. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe others can, but it looks magical to me and she was there big smile 
And I said, is there anything that we can pray for you? She was like, oh, prayer. I was at prayer this morning. That's awesome. I'm so glad you want to pray. That'd be great. And then we got distracted talking about hair and she was showing pictures of amazing things that she does. And there were two other ladies there as well. And I said, what can we pray for? And so they gave some general things. And I had three girls in front of me. I said, okay, girls, time to pray. The beautiful thing is that these three ladies said, girls, we need prayer. Girls, can you please pray for us? Girls, one of them says, girls, I didn't get to church this morning. Can you please pray for me? And so the three people that we've randomly walked into a shop that was the closest shop to where we were having lunch have, are championing these three girls to say, please pray for us, please pray for us. And I was like, God, you are so good. You are so kind and gentle and gracious. You don't want us to fall on our face. You don't want to embarrass us. And these girls were just uplifted and encouraged and, and Catherine prayed and shared what her personal experience was. And these ladies all of a sudden go, please, please, here's a tray of jellies. Please take them and enjoy them with your group. Um, we're so excited and, and blessed by the fact you prayed for us. And they're walking out of the shop with this stuff that they haven't paid for going, what just happened there? We went in freaked out with agreement that we'd pray to go to this shop um, by some cruel guy that made us do, you know, do it this way. And we walked out pumped up and encouraged by the people that we prayed for and given gifts. Who does that? How does that work? I can tell you who does that. God does that. That's how God operates. And I had a phrase come to me this morning, and this is where I want to finish before I want to invite testimonies. And there's some people who are going to squirm at this and other people are going to get excited. And that is, we need a little bit of Fiji in Cardinia. <laughs> we need a little bit of Fiji in Cardinia. Because I can tell you that this young lady here, when she's in Fiji and she's praying for someone, they get healed. Is it the different person here than in Fiji? No? It's the same person. And when this guy's in Fiji, I can tell you that security guards at cinemas say, can you come back and bring me a Bible and pray for me? And we spend half an hour praying for a guy in tears, in brokenness, because his life is a mess and he wants God to come in and be part of it. When this lady's in Fiji, amazing things happen. When that guy's in Fiji, there's awesome things that happen. Who else? Melinda, Ash. It's not a different God and they're not different people. So what's different? We need a little bit of Fiji in Cardinia. And that is obedience. That's the difference. That's the only difference. When you go to Fiji, you're stepping in with intention and saying, I want to make a difference. I want to be, be obedient. I want to see people the way you see them. I want to see that moment. So who wants to share a story of that, their experience this week or recently? Um, or not even recently, experience of what God's done where you've stepped out in obedience and God has met you in that place. Uh, I know there's, there's heaps of them, and I'm going to start calling you out if you don't put your hand up. So you may as well put your hand up and I'll bring you the mic. Who wants to share something about stepping out in obedience and God met you in that place and did what he wanted to do? Here we go.
Hi, I'm doing a Bible devotion with the kids after dinner one night, <clears throat> and it was on listening to God's voice. So we were talking about that, and then I said to the kids, um, so God talks to us all the time, and Aspen says, how do you know when it's God, and how do you know when it's your own thoughts? And I said, oh, that's a pretty big question. And I said, well, here's the thing. God's asked me to be praying, and for years I said, no, God, I'm not going to do that. And she said, why? And I said, because I believed at that time, by the way, that was wrong. But at the time, I believed that when you go into ministry, she goes, what's ministry? I said, well, that's when you do what God's asked you to do, but with intention. And she goes, oh, okay. So I said, God's asked me to pray. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that because when you go into ministry, your family gets hurt. And she goes, ah. And I said, but that's not what real that's what my thought was and I said so God's like Orion you need to pray and I'm like no God I'm not going to and, she, and then God's like Orion you need to pray and I'm like no God I'm not going to and then anyway my family got hurt and she goes mummy is that why the family got hurt because you didn't pray I said oh no baby that's not our God at all that's not who our God is and she goes well then why did you decide to pray and I said, because I finally went, God, okay, let's do it your way, not mine. She goes, well, how do you know when you're supposed to pray and when you're supposed to, um, yeah, how do you know when it's God asking you to pray and not you deciding to pray? And I said, honey, you've got it in you too. She goes, what do you mean? And I said, you know when you get those tears in your eyes and your heart goes a bit funny? She goes, mm-hmm, and she had this tears and eyes and I said that's when God's speaking to your heart and asking you to pray for people so here's the testimony part as an adult I go oh God all these barriers jump into my mind of like oh what if a person doesn't want me to pray for them what if I don't know what to say like all of those human thoughts and Aspen's first question was her only question was how do you know if you're supposed to pray outside or in your heart. She had no barriers. She had no, um, is this God? Is this, her only barrier was which part of obedience out loud or in my heart. So that's an amazing testimony that um, in spite of all the rubbish that our family is in in the moment, God was able to show a nine-year-old that obedience is hard but it's super easy and that um, she didn't see any of the barriers that us adults see, and that's what childlike faith is, is that um, her only question was, do I pray out loud or do I pray in my heart? So God uses all situations to bring glory back to him, and um, obedience is super easy and crazy hard all in the one moment. Can I pray? Um, yeah, God, I just want to thank you that you are using all situations to bring glory back to you. And Father, I just ask that each one of us will have that childlike obedience, that we don't look at the barriers, we just look for your solutions. Um, do we pray out loud or do we pray in our heart? God, do we um, go and speak to that person or the one next door? Because you want us to move, you don't want us to stay where we are, you don't want us to stay stagnant, you want us to move and to change. So, Father, I pray a release of change over this congregation right now, Father, that you would release a movement into people's hearts, that people would not be happy staying the same, that they want to change and become all that you've called them to be. 
that when we leave today that we will be different people because we've experienced who you are. Amen. Who else has a story of obedience that God showed up? Here we go. Um, so ours probably starts on uh, Friday night. For those of you that aren't in an Activate group, you really need to be in one. We had the most amazing time of prayer, um, really intentional prayer, people pushing in. And um, what I really love about that is that I can bring people God's put on my heart and some of the people there don't even know who it is. But what I loved on Friday night is that people like, or whoever that is, we're just going to pray hard for this person. Um, and that's such a beautiful space that I can do that in community um, with, alongside others. And um, we, um, I felt, felt really to pray for um, one of our neighbours we've known for a little bit under a year now and he um, has a severe mental illness and I'll probably see him every, almost every week and um, I would say 95% of that time he's really, really delusional um, really angry, often at me and everyone else at the world. Um, and it, I think there's only once that I can recall that um, he wasn't in that headspace and he was really elevated, I guess. And I still know that that's not his space of, of how God's created him either. And so he just prayed for a clear mind um, for him and a sound mind um, and a releasing of what's ever is, is got hold of him. And so Cos and I were like out doing some gardening at my place um, yesterday. And I'd kind of said to myself, I really feel like Andrew like, is going to come along today. And we were gardening and the next minute I hear this, hello. Yeah, I look up and he was in such a different space. He wasn't angry. He wasn't delusional. And he wasn't manic or elevated either. Like he was like super, super calm. And that's the only time that I've seen him like that in 12 months. And then he started to tell us about his ankle and how sore it had been and really felt like we should pray for him. Um, we, so he was like, yep, yeah, that's okay. And so we're like, maybe you should sit down so we can pray for your ankle. And he's like, yep. So Cos runs in and grabs a chair and whacks it in the middle of the driveway. And, um, yeah, we just prayed for his ankle. Um, and so all of that is so amazing. And God works. Like when we pray, like I just love that. God brings Andrew to our garden to actually share what he's doing. He doesn't have to do that. Like, he doesn't have to go, oh, yeah, guess what? I can actually do stuff <laughs> because he can and he doesn't need my approval to, like, but that's so good. It's so encouraging to see. And I think um, one of the things that really changed for me and I'm, I guess, being real and honest is that something changed in my heart, I think, when we prayed for him in the driveway that I often... I'm okay being obedient some, sometimes when others that I know aren't always around and sometimes I feel like, oh, I don't want other people to see me praying for someone that I know or, um, and I know normally in that space I would have been like, oh, I hope the neighbours aren't looking out the window. They'll wonder what the heck we're doing sitting in the driveway at this guy's feet praying for his ankle and God really shifted something. No, I didn't care. I hope that they were looking out the window <laughs> and wondering what we're doing and would come and see. Yeah, so I think that's a testimony to God breaking off stuff in me too, breaking off my embarrassment and like of people, yeah, wondering what on earth I'm doing. And I, yeah, when you see God move, you care less about what others are thinking. Yeah, and it's so good to see just what God's done with Andrew in that space just through prayer. Like, it was so good. 
so good. A simple step of obedience and God just meeting in that place and doing what he wanted to do. It's uh, so exciting. Really cool. Pete, do you want to share what um, step of obedience that you're... Um, we haven't seen the result of what God's doing, but what's uh, what's happening in that space? So um, God's had me on a journey and uh, been... Peter Challenge. Oh, oh, must be 18 months ago now. I um, I prayed a silly prayer. Um, I was very. <laughs> I say a silly prayer because it was um, one that came from a place of where I was feeling like I was a hamster in a wheel just going around and around and not really going anywhere in my faith or um, in ge- in life in general. It was just get up, work, do the normal things and um, nothing particularly challenging and nothing uh, really uh, getting me on fire. And so I said to God, I want to have a life that looks like the life of the disciples. And uh, all hell break loose. And uh, you know, in hindsight, I, re- I reread some of the scripture about what the life of the disciples were, and my eyes were opened to the scripture in a way that I'd never seen it before. All hell broke loose in their lives. They were thrown into prison. They were um, bitten by snakes. They were shipwrecked. They were all sorts of hideous things took place in their lives, and. Uh, and uh, when I asked, I got what I asked for. And uh, but out of that, now I can say, through that difficulty, through those challenges, God was with me. And now I understand the richness of my faith and journeying with God that I've never understood before, that to be able to say in all things, he is there. That when I feel despair, he says there's hope. When I say I don't understand, he says, have a look at it this way. And shows me something that I cannot understand in my own understanding. And so out of that place um, of being deepened in my faith, um, I'm now getting to a point of going, oh, God, what next? Um, and I'm going, I'm certainly hoping that it's not down another track like that one. Um, but if it is, it is. And uh, that doesn't really matter because he's strong and He's my foundation that I stand on. And so I look at the world around me and I go, what a mess. What an absolute mess our world's in and how desperately people need to know him. To be able to say, we have a God who can help you through whatever it's thrown at you. That he will walk with you. He will strengthen you. He will change your world, lift you up, 
give you a plan and a purpose. And um, so I've been going, well, 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 God, what's next? And uh, I spoke to uh, somebody that I'd done search with back, what is it, a couple of years ago now? And I'd sort of felt a little bit going, this person needs some discipling, needs some somebody to come alongside them and encourage them to continue to grow in their faith. And um, I sort of had this inkling that God may be prompting me to, to be part of that. So I said to him, you know, look, these are the things, these are the options. What would you like to do? And uh, so this week he's come back to me and said, I found three other people to do search to find um, with us. And so rather than going, I want some sort of mentoring role or, or whatever, he's gone. I want others to know what I've found. And uh, so in a couple of weeks' time, on a Monday or a Tuesday night, we're going to start Search to Find. Um, but I've actually said to him, well, you've got three people. I'd love to make it a group of eight. And so if you've got somebody who's, who needs to know, who who is struggling with the idea of is there a spiritual side to life? Is God real? Just has questions of uh, what it might be God is, then Search to Find is great for them. Um, and I'd love to have them come and join us as part of the group. How awesome, a little step of obedience saying, God, I believe that you want me to be part of discipling this person's life. And all of a sudden there's four people that are not part of a church community hearing the gospel. Did Peter create that? No. But he stepped in obedience. And I just go, God, who's on, who's on my heart? Who could I invite to this space? Just in obedience. All I have to do is invite. I don't have to coerce. I don't have to convince them. God never takes people's choices away from them. And yet, he does call us to obedience. Sam, did you want to? <coughs> um, I shared a pretty strong word last week with you all, those who are here. Um, Melinda obviously shared a word that was similar and um, you know, it was about stepping out in, in really practical ways into the community and talking to strangers because um, I just love that that's what God's challenged me with. Don't we all love talking to strangers? Um, and I, I just, yeah, I really, I just want to encourage you all, don't worry about fear. You know, God's got all the, God's got all the time in the world to teach us how to get over fear. Um, and that's been my, my journey. I remember, I shared this with some of you, but um, a few years back when I started uni, about, what's that, like three and a half years ago now, I remember jumping on the train on my first day and I, I just knew that God was going to take me on a journey of like talking to, to strangers and, you know, him bringing people across my path that needed to hear hope and, and be encouraged. And sometimes that looks really, you know, explicit about talking about Jesus and sometimes it's just a, you know, you're valuable, you know, what you do is important in this world. Um, and I, I said to God, I said, look, God, it, I'm really scared about this and I don't think I can do it, but Look, if you're willing to put up with my fear for five years, if it takes me five years before I talk to one person on this train, like, I'll do it. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm three and a half years in, and I can honestly say God's God's really helped me overcome my fear. Um, so I just want to encourage you, if you're feeling called to do whatever it is, whether it's, it doesn't have to be like me and talking to strangers, it might be praying, it might be running a, you know, 
a course that helps people explore faith. Whatever it is, if if you're being blocked by fear, don't don't worry about it. Be real. Go, God, I'm fearful. <laughs> you're calling me to do it, so help me get over it. And he'll actually help you. Um, this week I had a, I'll just share a testimony. Uh, I was getting my car serviced up at um, Packenham, one of the, the auto places there. Um, actually, that's a cool story. That's a cool story in itself, how I got there. Can I share two double testimony? Oh, I'm going to stand up. I'm looking around a bit because I'm getting bored. Um, I was shopping at Arena about, oh, maybe six months ago. And there was, you know how there's like those salespeople that are like look really dodgy and are selling like packs like, give us 150 bucks on the spot and we'll give you three free services. And then there's a whole lot of like stuff that you don't read and then you realize, yeah, anyways. Well, I got one of those like, three years ago when we were at Enterprise Avenue um, and it actually worked out all right. So when I bumped into this really dodgy looking dude at Arena um, like eight months ago, I was like, oh, I know it seems dodgy, but it's really attractive. And I actually prayed. I was like, God, last time you did it well, I'm actually going to trust that you're going to, this is going to be a really good connection. Um, so I chatted to the dude. I ended up praying with him and he's, he's walking around with his girlfriend, bought the pack and Praise the Lord, it worked out all right. It wasn't a dodgy. I got my car service this week and they didn't charge me too much money, which was great. Anyway, so that in itself, having a God conversation when I bought the pack was great. So I was just praying that, you know, God, what do you want to open up when I run walk into this auto place this week? And um, I walked in and I just, the guy on the desk who was, I think, the manager, he, he was quite warm and I, I didn't feel like he was a Christian, but I felt like God say, you know, he's a faithful man. He loves his family and that sort of thing. And I sort of just sat on it, um, and I guess being fearful means that sometimes I'm just not ready, and I need to ask God, you know, you need to, can you help me, give me a clear opportunity? And I didn't feel like I had a clear opportunity at the start, so I kind of went, all right, God, you know, work on me throughout the day, and when I go to pick up my car, like, give me an opportunity if it's you. Um, and Nathan and I had been hanging out during the day, and he dropped me off at the, the car place, and I was like, oh, this is a really good opportunity to get some accountability here. So jumped out of the car and was like, Nath, I've got a word for the guy in there. Text me later um, if I don't text you um, to follow me up. Um, and as I was walking in, I noticed there was a lady sitting in the um, in the reception area, and I was like, God, I'm, I'm going to need a clear road here. Like, I don't want to share if that lady's there um, with this guy. To protect, you know, not not just my fear, but protect his personal um, space as well. And as soon as I walked in, she walked out. Um, and I was like, oh, this is great. Also, and I, at that point, I actually wasn't feeling very fearful. I was actually quite excited because, um, you know, when you, when you constantly fight fear, eventually you get to a place where you don't, you don't feel fearful doing that same thing again. So I was able to then just share, you know, he was processing my payment. And I was like, hey, um, do you mind if I share an encouragement with you? And he was like, yeah, go for it. And I was like, this is gonna, probably going to sound a bit weird, but like, I believe in God and I believe that he actually speaks to us today. And I just felt this morning that he, he was talking to me about you and he said that you're, you're a guy that's really faithful and you, you love your family. Like, is that right? And he was like, yeah, definitely. Like, mate, that's the most encouraging thing that I've heard in a long time. Like, people don't say that anymore. And, you know, there wasn't a massive conversation after, but we got to chat about how he was a Catholic and he'd kind of been raised in... Um, yeah, you know, quite a religious background, and I was able to share share with him that you know God's for you; He's not against you. Um, and I, I trust that you know that's a seed, and God's going to send more people to to back that seed up. Um, and you know, hopefully, six months time when I get my second service off that package, I get to see some fruit. So don't don't worry about your fear, guys. Be honest with God, and and get accountability too.
get accountability, walk the journey with others and see God do incredible things because he's not a slave driver. He actually is patient with us when we're struggling. Um, and that's my testimony. He's been doing a lot in my heart and I'm really excited for how I'm going to see more testimonies and how he's using me um, in this area. That's awesome. Yeah. I've got uh, one as well. Um, yeah, on Friday, um, I was able to catch up with some friends at the Hot Springs, um, and one of them in particular, she's been quite burnt by the church. She's never actually um, been a Christian or anything, but just from connections with the church, she's been quite burnt and doesn't want anything to do with her. Um, and, yeah, I was able to... My other friend was, like, playing with Joey and everything, and... She asked me this question out of the blue and um, just about something personal and I was really able to say, oh, this is what I believe. And, um, yeah, I felt like that really planted a seed and, um, yeah, that she was she was quite thoughtful afterwards. And, yeah, I'm just believing that God's really speaking to her and opening her heart and softening her heart um, towards him. So, yeah, it was really encouraging. And I also had... Sally was my person who was I was kind of accountable to, so yeah, that was good. Yeah, that's awesome. Are you getting the message? Are you hearing what God's saying? He hasn't benched you. There's that step of obedience, and he he responds as only he can in profound and amazing ways, consistently, faithfully, 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 faithfully. I just want to read that passage again. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to to your Father who is in heaven. Lord, I thank you so much for the encouragement, for the excitement, Lord God. I thank you so much that you are unleashing us. Lord, the things that hold us down, that chain us, that bind us, that trap us, that restrict us, Lord God, I thank you that you are smashing those things today. I thank you that we do not need to fear, that you will deal with that fear. Lord, I thank you that you have brought people around us to keep us accountable to what you're doing. I thank you that you are already raising up pioneers to champion, to encourage, to equip, to model what it is to be followers of you in this new season. I thank you that you are bringing a bit of Fiji to Cardinia, Lord God, that this is our space for you to move. I thank you that you are calling us to obedience and that you provide everything else. I thank you for your faithfulness, for your grace and mercies, which are new every morning, and for your amazing love that you have poured out to us, and you want so many others to experience in this area. Lord, I thank you that even when we start our apprenticeship, we don't have all the answers, and yet you invite us to participate exactly as we are. Lord Jesus, have your way in us personally and in us corporately. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. I think we're going to call it.
I'm not getting anyone saying I've got something that pressing that God's put on my heart. Oh, Melinda does. This morning I was asking God, what does he want to share? And um, I've been reading through Luke and God's like, yeah, there's something in Luke 12 that I want you to read out. So I was reading through it and then this um, verse kind of stood out to me. And it's just after God's like, don't worry about what to wear or um, don't be anxious about um, what you'll eat or anything like that. So um, let's see. It says, for all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your father knows that you need these things. But seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. And this was the verse that really stood out. It was, do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Um, do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So good. So good. Um, tomorrow night, Simon and I are going to go down to Cranbourne RSL. Um, two for one deal. So, um, so it's not going to be as expensive. But um, we we just uh, we're keen just to stretch and to see what God's going to do. We're going to keep each other accountable. If you'd like to join us, you're most welcome to come, and uh, and see what God wants to do in that space, um, other than a feed. Um, but uh, but yeah. I would say what I said to Catherine, if you're happy to pray for people, come and join us. Um, so um, so that's cool. Um, I don't know if there's other things that you've got planned. Drag some people around you into the space that you've got planned this week. Um, really encourage you not to um, not to isolate yourself, but to um, put yourself in a space where um, you're rubbing shoulders with people and challenging each other as activate groups have been doing and as people have been doing. Um, so yeah, awesome. And uh, yeah, enjoy a cup of tea or a coffee or a, oh, a tan. You want to say something? Sorry. I was just saying, Roger, but when Matt read that verse again, when it said, so they may see your good works and praise your Father in heaven, I just was reminded of, or just thought God said I should share something that happened to us this week. Um, everybody that we've been involved with with Anglicare left on Friday, not because of us, they just for different reasons finished up. And so people that have worked with Crystal and us for over a year, um, and I had three different conversations with them. And in each conversation, all of them um, praised God without even knowing it by praising Matt and I and saying, wow, the things that you have done in this space and your faithfulness and the fact that Crystal is still with you and all that you've done, like you've told us it's because of God, but we want to thank you. But like they've actually seen our good works and have praised God by us just being faithful. And so I think that's been a great, example to me that you can just like we got into foster care for the kids and people were praying and saying we really feel like you guys are going to have an impact on the system and not just the kids in your home and to have people leave and wanting to thank us and wanting to give us presents and <laughs> wanting to like say like thank you for all that you have brought to this space is all God <laughs> 